That close. <laughs> that was almost a joke. That's what we'll call this this episode. <laughs> that was almost a joke. Almost, was a, almost joke. a joke, yes. That was almost a joke. Okay, very good. Okay, some of them have a name. Some, yeah, some of them do. do. This is Professor Feather. And this is the Midnight Gadfly. Funkin' it to you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got you on. On Radio. <laughs> Straight from the asylum. That room ain't that padded. trip back to like 1980 video games there what are we doing this episode we're gonna talk about a tv series oh yeah we're gonna talk about a tv series a a tv series you know that televised imagery televised television i like that the french television and this can be found where uh amazon oh that's right i was gonna say prime original it's a prime original Yes, along with Bosch. All hail Bosch. <laughs> we got to get that in there so that they'll pay us. That's right. Anyway, we're going to be talking about The, the Boys. Boys. Oh, an original comic book by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. Oh, Derek Robertson, one of my favorites. Yeah, everybody knows Garth Ennis because he's got another television show called Preacher, which was also based on one of his uh, comic books. That was um, fun, too. Yeah. Derek Robertson, where do we know him from? Transmetropolitan. By Warren Ellis. By Warren Ellis. Oh, Derek one of my all-time favorite yeah. art books. I want them to make that into a series. That would be... Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is almost that already. <laughs> I know, but this would be in. It like, would be would good. Be like, it would be like in, in Futurama time. It would so. be like, it would be like oh, um, Altered Carbon. You know, oh, yeah. along That's those really lines. Good. Oh, man. That That's was a really good, good one. Anyway, that brings us back fun. to what we're talking about. The, the Boys. The Boys, which boys. was, as Gaffly said, it was a, originally a comic, a, and a really good comic, and it lasted for quite a while. It's 72 issues or something like that. Yeah, I don't think I made it through the whole series. Yeah. Um, oh, didn't you? Yeah. No, it was, you know, because I would not call it, I would say that it really kind of got repetitious. I would say the television show is better than the comic. Ah. I know, that's, that's a filthy thing to say. Um, but it's really true. Uh, to, or well, in my opinion, it's it really is. I get really burned out on the the really kind of uh, weird negativity of the whole um, comic book. So it just really kind of kept going on and on and on. Whereas they did a lot of things very succinctly in um, in the television show. In eight episodes. In eight episodes, yeah, and they were pretty good. I mean, there wasn't. I didn't really let go. Oh, that episode didn't need to be there. They do a really good job of just like building characters over time and, right. and relationships between those characters. Yeah, I I did not read the comic book, but yes, I thought the the show is a standalone to me. I I, I liked the story. It was really, it was, yeah. 
And I liked how the characters evolved. You're right. Well, the, what is the story? The story is that uh, there are these superheroes. Did we want to? It's basically the Justice League, right? It's yeah, gonna be spoil- spoilers. Kind of- we always do spoilers. We'll say that okay, before true. we get into yeah. to stuff. Um, if you haven't seen it, go watch it, then come back and listen to this three times. Yes. <laughs> um, and so our numbers look good. Download it three separate times. That's right. Three, three, separate, separate, yeah, yeah. three separate channels. And five devices. stars each time. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, the boys. Um, so it's about this, what? Ju- they're like a Justice League. Justice analog. League. Yeah. But the just think of Justice League coupled with a corporation. A corporation PR firm. Correct. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue is their PR director. <laughs> Yeah, um, but the I think you know um, it's the Justice League, and they're just kind of corrupt. And then there's a bunch of these regular people that have somehow been affected by things that they've done that now want to just fuck these people up, right? Or right. They just want to destroy them. Afraid of them. Right. Yes, because they, some something traumatic has happened to them from the superheroes being negligent. Uh, and careless. Well, not only just negligent and careless. Come on. The uh, Homelander, <laughs> that Homelander. wasn't his. His, his wasn't negligence and carelessness, and in, in any respect, no, not at all. No, he he is a truly evil character. It, when you you know when you get right down to it, <laughs> when it's all all is said and done, you know but he is. Yes, but and and but the whole thing is Everybody's predicated old. on celebrity and. How do you market celebrity and how they did? And that was the whole object behind the uh, superhero movement, you know, um, organization to bring it into the Justice League, you know, and how that worked. But then the corruption that became. Which is typical with any rampant. Kind of, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. this is an you know this is an actual genre that was pretty much kind of started by Alan Moore, right? And, yes, and Frank Miller, where they were creating yeah. these kinds of dystopian visions of superheroes. Um, and so it's been done. You know, what's the uh, Maxi Mortal? Uh, Rick Veach. Yes. Oh, which I mean, is extremely yes. good. Oh, uh, and well, again, it sets the precedence. It's pretty. Yes. It's pretty gross. They've got some, it you is. know, they've got Superman analog baby flying around on his dead parents, whose head he smashed, but he's still sitting on the shoulders and making it float around, you know, <laughs> while he's a baby. I mean, it, yeah, Maxi Mortal is just crazy. But there's a lot of them that, that kind of uh, are precedent to the boys themselves. Uh, and that's not to detract from the boys. But again, I just, I didn't, sometimes uh, Garth Ennis is a bit uh, too long for me. Um, I like people who are able to consolidate stuff a little bit more um, in terms of the, you know, a little bit more economy of how they write a story or, or do a story arc. Um, but you know, I mean, it's that's just my my taste for that kind of stuff. That's why I really thought the idea was done real well in this television show. I love the show. I mean, that's you know, I, I have no complaints about it whatsoever. Um, I mean, scenes that are just really not only gruesome, but imaginative. So when Butcher picks up the baby, uh, the super <laughs> baby, and starts squeezing his neck to zap things and kill him. Yeah. I had a little problem with that well, one, but that's well, all right. Well, but it, well, it was well, very funny. Well, very well, when very he's, ash. When he's done, he's A just, very ash moment. Yeah, I, exactly. But when he's done, he's looking there and he goes, diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> and then he puts him back in his little cradle and he goes, now you behave or I'm going to come back and stomp you, you little fucker. <laughs> that's because there's this really weird disparate, Kinda. Well, not really. Um, this weird group 
that is the anti-hero group that we're talking about, uh, led by uh, what, Billy Butcher. Our anti, yes, Billy anti Butcher. hero Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Oh, and is he not so good? Oh, he's great. <laughs> he's great. He's just great in this role. Um, and then what's the Quaid? Um, Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid, yes. Son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. <laughs> yes. He, oh, really? Yeah, he plays, he plays this kind of unassuming uh, tech store clerk who gets wrapped up in uh, the counter movement to uh, eliminate the superheroes. <laughs> essentially, that's essentially what it is. Led by uh, Carl Urban, Billy Butcher. And he has the French guy that's with him, um, who's the, the tech and explosive and kind of a crazy guy all around, who, who has this really good sense of uh, morality. And he's always going toward toward what he thinks is that, you know, the, the right move. And, and they're always getting down on him for that. Uh, what, uh, Jesse Usher plays A-Train. A-Train is the, the equivalent oh, of Flash. Flash. Um, and this, and that's where the connection comes with Huey, played by uh, Quaid. Um, he and his girlfriend are standing on the street. He's on the sidewalk, and she's just off of the sidewalk. She's technically she's in the street, but she is a step off the street, off the sidewalk. And uh, eight, all of a sudden, he's standing here. This is one of the best scenes early on. He's standing there. And all of a sudden, you, you you see this flash, and then it cuts back to him in slow motion, getting gore splashed on him, <laughs> and his face is you know doing that slow motion, you know like uh, this this shock wave hits him, you know, and then it cuts back and he's it cuts back a little ways and he's standing there holding Robin, his girlfriend, his former girlfriend's two arms, forearms and hands. <laughs> And just a trail of uh, of gore, gore, which ends in a train stopping, looking back, and he's got something in his hands. Oh, I can't stop! I can't! I gotta go! And he zips off again, and leaving Huey standing there with these two arms in gore and gore all over him. Yeah, and then you see Huey's back at his uh, his dad's apartment, right? Because he's living with his dad. Now and his dad is played by Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg. Yeah. yeah, well, here's a here's a nice bit of trivia. Um, when they drew Huey in the comic uh, back in the early 2000s, he looks exactly like Simon Pegg. He was modeled after Simon Pegg. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So he was Huey. That now is he's good. Huey's dad. Oh, that's good. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that is. I like that. And we had, we had uh, what was, um, oh, um, Queen Maeve. Oh, was it the Wonder Woman? Yeah, the Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah, she was good. I, the characterization is really good. You do find out that the the superheroes are essentially manufactured. Yeah, well, yeah, and they're corrupt. I mean, they yeah. are they are corrupt because of it's from the top down. Yeah, it's a, well, it's it's really interesting because you know you said that uh, um, Homelander is pure evil. <clears throat> but they try to work in a storyline there where there's a, a degree of sympathy for him because of the way he was oh, yes. raised. That's what made it weird. And yeah. then just his kind of weird relationship with the PR woman who like pretty much plays his mom, <laughs> which he never had. Yes. Because he grew up in a laboratory, you know. And there's that one point where he gets so pissed off because they put his blanket on the bed. 
when they're fa- doing that fake backstory, you know, giving him this whole childhood he didn't have. And he gets pissed off because he sees that blanket. But then he does that flashback where he's the little kid just sitting there in a sterile room. And that's the only thing he has is that blanket. Yep. You know? So, I, th- I mean, I thought it was interesting how they were, you know, saying these were products, you know, of these really horrible situations. Because it really was, yeah, it was really about marketing. And it was all about PR. Those superheroes did not exist to do good, you know. Well, yeah. And, you know, to to move on in the story, you find out, you know, eventually... That you know, it is all a manufactured um, phenomenon. Yeah. So the Jack Quaid, uh, or which is uh, Huey, has uh, a relationship with one of the the superheroes, Starlight. Starlight, uh, Annie, um, who he uh, he's trying to you know, I mean, uh, he I don't know if he's he's trying Gain to do an, he's information. Trying to, yeah, he's trying to do an inside job, but he's really kind of he falls oh, he did an he inside job. Up. Now, this would her Aaron Moriarty or whatever. Aaron Moriarty, great, yes. great. Play. She was awesome, um, and <laughs> yeah. she's just she's beautiful, but she's a really good, you know, actor. I thought she was a good actress. Actress. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Just got political. I gotta find some music. T Rectoress. <laughs> no, it's it, but yeah, and it, it evolves. You know, each each story because it is, an, um, and this is the beauty of this. Uh, <laughs> so, what do you think of the? It deeps? was eight eight stories, eight episodes, I should say, and um, it does progress through almost all of the characters as you would expect. So, you got the backstory on just about everybody, and um, yeah, and found you know you find just life is complex, even among the people that were manufactured as superheroes. Uh, but I, I will come back to saying that uh, the the choice of actors was really good. Whoever chose the actors, I thought they got good actors. Everybody yeah. was uh, there wasn't anybody that I had any criticism on in their roles. I thought everybody did just a terrific job. All the directors, you know, was directed by what several different people, you know, all did a pretty good job. And I think that's kind of weird how that continuity has to work. That's almost uh, that's a whole nother. Uh, story right there in like if you have a series of eight usually if you look there's more more than you know there's almost every episode is either a different director or a director that you know comes every fourth or you know what i'm saying um it's you a a lot of times it's not directed just by one person throughout an eight episode and but then maintaining all that continuity how they do that um and i mean this is a good example of that just how they would um how that would all be laid out for each of the directors, you know, what were the guidelines? I think that's an interesting process, you know, not like uh, making a movie, you know, you're making uh, a TV. So, which is unique. Yeah. It's a, that's what the showrunner is for, you know, and a lot of times you'll find those showrunners are writers or, uh, and mostly a lot of times they're writers, you know what I mean? So, so with David Milch, uh, and with uh, Aaron Sorkin, you know, those kinds of things. Their mark is on there because even though there's like rules about how they have to credit writers and directors and all that kind of stuff. So if you like if you watch um, uh, what is it? Well, I know you said that about writers that that that's holds true for directors. too. Well, the director is going to be standing there with the showrunner who's going to be telling them how to do stuff. Right. How to maintain. That's their job is to help them maintain. Um, the continuity, the continuity. Of okay, the way yeah. it looks in the storytelling in that kind right, of stuff. Right, right. I mean, it's 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 done with producers as well. If you think about Poltergeist, 
Um, you know, there's all those things. It's Tobe Hooper or Toby Hooper has his name on it as director. But you look at that and that's clearly very distant from what Toby Hooper did before. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. looks a lot like Steven Spielberg, who was on set every single day. Oh yeah, of yeah. Shooting, and it was know? yeah, and very involved in the the making of the movie. And it looks like not a Tobe Hooper or Toby. I keep saying Tobe, Toby Hooper. It, it looks like a Steven Spielberg movie. You know. Yeah, did you ever see his remake of uh, Invaders from Mars? Toby Hooper. Yeah. No. Is it good? No. We talked about that. Oh, that's right. We did mention that. It must be that bad. <laughs> we already we talked about that. Yes. But with the boys. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's what it, how they they maintain that is just a, they have a showrunner that is just sitting there going, you know, okay, no, we, we we do these kinds of things, and or they're telling the story or whatever it is. Okay, I didn't know the nomenclature of showrunner. Yeah, they're just they're, they're like a post right. showrunner. Yeah. yeah, they're just they're like, they're, they're like yeah. Yeah. that's a new J- the new James Bond showrunner. Yeah, they're a producer, but a lot of times you know like even gotcha. if you watch it's those, a Japanese import, like we we watch the things for Deadwood where the, the what the, what it was like in the writers' room. There was no single writer. There may have been a story originator, but then there's one of those writers that gets credit for that script, right? Right. Right, um, and I think those have a lot. I'm not. Don't quote me on this, but I think that has a lot to do with the rules that says this writer is going to work on this show, and part of their contract says they get at least two shows that, that are written by them or co-written by them. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just because then they've got those credits and stuff. And I would say somebody who's probably been working longer gets can leverage more shows or whatever. Um, but you can clearly tell, you know, that it still has. David Milch's voice, <laughs> right? Correct. Everybody is an extension. They may be coming up with ideas and stuff like that, but that writing gets crafted. You know. Oh, that was cool. a good pause there. I hope you can cut that out there, Jerry. <laughs> I can cut that. <laughs> oh, I Jesus. Can cut it out. Yeah. I can cut it. What out. I like about the show I was is, take is a the nap. Brisk, brisk pace of conversation. <laughs> you did take a nap. What are you talking about? I feel refreshed. <laughs> Sorry. I was, on, I was on vacation. But we were talking about Starlight and the, the there's the whole uh, association between Starlight, Annie, and Huey, which uh, they meet and she's in her secret identity, which is just absolutely hilarious because she looks exactly like the other girl. But I mean, it's that, but there again, it's the normal circumstances saying, you know, it's normal and you don't really associate that, you know. And Huey had absolutely no idea, but he's kind of clueless anyway. Well, she was also she was new. Uh, she and had, she was new. Yeah, she had exactly. just been hired, so right. he, it's, it would No, been she won a contest. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Which is kind of funny because she talks about growing up, entering these little superheroine contests or whatever they yes. were. So, but that's yeah. you know that's a, that's what's really good about the boys is each one of those characters has an arc. You know, some of them are bigger than others, but you know, even like the French guy, Frenchie is what he was called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Frenchie. Um, he has a relationship with the woman, uh, and that's Wolverine the, type. Yeah, she doesn't girl. have she doesn't have a name. You know, they don't they, they just she's the woman. You know, yes. the girl. The um, who, so, who who is an interesting character? Who is awesome? Yeah, she's, but she doesn't come until that's pretty late in the episode. Yeah. Three or four. Three or yeah. four, yeah. Because yeah, like she's prominent in the comics. Yes, she, she's uh, in is the, she? Yeah, yeah, she's in there fairly Well, she's quick. relatively prominent once she yeah. comes into this, too. Yeah, well, as I said, she's yeah, in her arc. You know, so, like, Frenchie has this little arc because yes. he kind of falls for her. Yes. Right? Uh, but then she has this arc where she's just kind of this feral creature 
that uh, you know, there's that great scene where she's looking at herself in the mirror and she just picks up the, and just starts combing her hair and looking at herself and stuff like that. Um, and then they develop her backstory. You know, uh, where did she come from? And uh, isn't she um, instead of being a baby that's fed the serum, she's an adult who gets the serum? Yes, because the whole premise was the they needed um, the, the Vought Corporation. Vought oh, wanted Vought, to right. wanted to um, get into the military action, and so they decided. And this is absolute spoiler alert. <laughs> so they so they started creating. Arch villains. No, that wasn't even Vault that did it. Remember? No, that no, was that's, Homelander. Remember we that's end up, right. It, that's yeah. where you find out. That he goes. Oh, well, I need a good job. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I was going to bring that in, but it was yours. You were led to believe. Oh, I thought you were bearing the lead. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I did. <laughs> I was burying something. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a really good series. You can you you can binge on it or watch it at, at your leisure. Um, but just be warned, it is pretty graphic. Oh, it's gruesome. There's some head stomping, you know, brains. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Yes, it, it, pretty fast paced overall. I think. You know, oh yeah, I thought yeah. It had had a good pacing. It's just a fun take on the superhero. Yeah, the phenomenon. dystopian superhero phenomenon. We, you kind of. Uh, I was. I would like to see martial law. Made into a movie. Martial law would be good. That would Butcher, be pretty bizarre. Butcher is mm-hmm. some sort of has some sort of an affiliation though with the government, right? Well, yeah, but it's never or? really. I mean, yeah, he has his the the. Uh, they brought him with, in with the aid, the assistant director of whatever for the CIA. What's her name? Yeah, right. And she had some bone to pick with Homelander. Yeah. And here's a little aside that that actress is was um, on. Um, Blue Bloods. Oh, I can see that. As as uh, what's his name's partner, Miss Blue Blood, Jennifer Esposito. Jennifer Esposito is that her name? Yeah, she's been around for a while. She's been around. She's she's a good actor. That's yeah, very good. Yes, I like her. Um, everybody in this, like I said, is and and it's you know it's well worth the watch. Yeah, I really I was really impressed by it, yeah, and it it caused me to binge watch it. I I watched it in like two days. I was done. Yeah, um, I did too. Yeah, second stop. So, the um, yeah, it's a good one. You can find it on Amazon Prime. It is on Amazon Prime. 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 Get it while it's hot. I, I like that. Prime. Prime. Primo. You are watching the boys on the Prime. <laughs> Amazon Primo. It's the Primo. Me Amazon Primo. It's Amazonia. Dot, dot com. <laughs> Amazonia Primo. And that's it with a K. That's... That's dot commie. <laughs> Vincent liked it. Professor Feather here with uh, his uh, 
briefcase <laughs> opened. Oh, <laughs> thank goodness this is radio. No, I'm sorry, podcast. Uh, Nineteen sixty-eight. I was one year old. Yeah, nineteen sixty-eight. Rosemary's Baby. Oh, John Cassavetes. Written and directed by Roman Polanski. And, oh, wasn't this was produced by uh, William Castle, too. Produced by William Castle, yes. Starring uh, John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon, Maurice Evans. Who's Maurice Evans? Come on. Come on, a little Saint, trivia here. Thank heaven for little girl. Maurice Evans. Think <laughs> I don't know. Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah, Dr. Zayas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, that's 1968, Marie, that's this Marie movie Shelby. came out. <laughs> this was based on a book by Ira Levine. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Ira and also, Sidney Blackmer was in this movie. Um, this movie is about a... Um, Couple in New York, newly married, John Cassavetes and <laughs> Mia Farrow. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> oh yeah, slip my mind. It's not slip my brief. Not my briefcase. <laughs> slip my mind. Oh, oh, now you're gonna stop talking. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> anyway, 1968. This movie came out. Now I saw this movie at the theater in 1968. Did you? My Did wife you? and I went to see it. Yes. Did you? And I just, I was blown away by the movie. I loved the movie and my wife hated the movie. She doesn't Come like that. Come on home, ki- we're going to make a pack She doesn't devil. like that kind of movie. So um, this movie deals with devil worship, witches, nefarious characters all around. Um, and it's like goes deep. But the basic premise is that uh, John Cassavetes is an aspiring actor, and he's got a few parts here and there, played some uh, roles on... Uh, Mediocre. In, ...in plays and doing commercials. And they move into this new apartment, and their um, co-tenants are, or the, the people that <laughs> live, the people next door. There we go, the people next door. Are weird. Uh, turned out to be a very odd old <laughs> couple, uh, played by Ruth Gordon and uh, what's his name, Sydney, Sydney Blackmer, and they kind of work their way into the lives of uh, Mia Farrow and uh, Rosemary and John, <laughs> and one thing leads to another. It's and just it's very subtle. Rosemary very... Rosemary gets pregnant. <laughs> That's why it's called Rosemary's Baby. That's how they explained to me about the birds and the bees. He's like, son, I got a dog deer. One thing leads to another. It was Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was Lucifer. <laughs> so um, John Cassavetes essentially makes a pact with the devil through this other couple. And, and the devil could boink his Then wife. Mia Farrow gets pregnant. Rosemary gets pregnant. <laughs> Just kind of skim over that. Ralph Bellamy is also in this, who plays the doctor. He's great. Plays the older doctor. Oh, and um, in his very first role, 
Charles Brolin is in this movie. He plays the first doctor that she goes to see. But it's the first role that uh, Charles Brolin was ever in. Um, and it's a, a very creepy movie. Uh, Polanski does a really good job of, of interspersing the, the, the uh, mundane with the very bizarre because there is a, a pretty good few scenes in this movie. But very few. Um, the, and that's a testament to how good this movie is in that you've got great actors, for one thing, uh, a relatively intelligent script, and uh, really good direction. It's just, uh, and it works out really good. It's a psychological horror, I suppose you would say. And also, it is a supernatural horror. There you have it, Rosemary's Baby. Baby. Watch it. And William yeah, Castle. Um, I think, oh, William Castle yeah. actually makes a cameo in the movie. Of course. <laughs> it, um, she's in She's in the uh, phone booth. And this guy stands outside, and you you think it's Ralph Bellamy, the way he's shaped. But then he walks away, and this other guy stands outside. And when she opens the door, he turns around, and it's William Castle with the cigar and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. That was That was pretty good. That, that was, was pretty good. That was cool. And I even, you know, I even caught that reference when I saw it in the theater in 1968. Oh, very cool. Well, there you have it. Rosemary's Baby. All right, I see. It's time to get on up out of here. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say! Oh, yeah! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! <laughs> We've got monster trucks! Huge! <laughs> this is Dr. Tar. Oh, Professor Feather. P, and this is P Feather. This is Professor Feather. Oh, P Feather? No, this is P Feather. <laughs> this is Professor Mary Feather. Feather. <laughs> You've been listening to Unsane Radio. Dot com. What? Dot com. What? With a K. That's dot commy. Yes. Unsane Radio dot commy. Dot commissar. Dot <laughs> <laughs> comrade. Lennon to the left. <laughs> you can reach us. My car kept stalling. You can reach us at unsaneradio at gmail.com. I'm sorry, I'm Putin. <laughs> Putin on the Ritz? I'm Putin my pants, sorry. Oh, that's the name of our next movie. It's Putin on the Ritz. Putin. Putting on the Ritz cracker. <laughs> uh, yeah, comments, suggestions, <laughs> remarks. I'm saying radio at gmail.com. I got to write that down. That's right. <laughs> Gmail. What was that? Where do you find Tar and Feather? <laughs> oh, tarandfeather.com. T A R R A N D F E T H E R dot com. And not, um, with, and not with a K. Radio Insane on the Twitter. Still no Spotify! <laughs> Radio Insane on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Delivering all the disinformation you could my, ever want. My sad Facebook. <laughs> 
What are you, tarnation? Tarnation. <laughs> this is an infestation. Well, Feather Bob. <laughs> yep, tarnation. I think it's time for us to get on. Mosey on out. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, more, yeah, that's yeah, more, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Clyde Chickenburger. Yeah. <laughs>